Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. All right, fans. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa along with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Giants played their second preseason game Sunday night at MetLife Stadium. What a night for Davis Webb. Wild fourth quarter. Giants win the football game. But Carl, um, before we get into the Giants' performance, and there were a lot of things in that performance that you got to really applaud the coaching staff for what they were able to do with that mm-hmm. O-line. We got to cut to the meat and potatoes. Uh, a couple of injuries in this football game. Uh, the Giants avoid a serious injury with Kayvon Thibodeau, MCL sprain, couple weeks, day-to-day, no surgery, ACL is intact. Uh, but Darian Beavers, the sixth-round draft pick, gone for the year, torn ACL in his left knee. So uh, there's been a lot of chatter about the whole play on Thibodeau, and I know you got some pretty strong feelings on sort of the outcry that's been going on in social media. I do. Um First of all, it was not a dirty play per se. It's a dirt bag play. Um, a lot of uh, my contemporaries who I, I like a lot, a uh, guy like um, Marcus Spears and Emmanuel Acho, you know, they were going on and on about it. But the reality is this, and, and I think Dan Olasky had it best. It's a legal play. And you might not like it as a defensive player. Um, and you people are starting to factor in, well, defensive backs can't do X, Y, and Z. And that's a different conversation. That's that's more of don't hate the player, hate the game type of deal because the game regulates certain things. But as a defensive player, uh, you do have some remedies for these types of plays. And, and I'll get into that. But, you know, as it relates to Kevon, Kevon Thibodeau, I say Kevon, Kevon Thibodeau, there are some things he could have done better. And first and foremost, let me just say, I'm happy he was not seriously injured. But there are some teachable lessons there. Um, chances are he didn't see this type of block a lot in college. And if he did, it wasn't coached up. Like the Bengals coach it up. And like the Giants coach it up because the Giants did the same thing in the New England game for a big run. I'll give you another example. Well, Tyrod Taylor's first snap in the game, the Giants ran a play. And Daniel Bellinger makes the same block on number 59 of the Bengals last night. It's the same thing, just going in the opposite direction. Yeah, and he had a big one. Bellinger had the same block again against New Orleans. I'm not, I'm not New, New, England. New England. So here's here's the basic principles of that. And, and let me also preface everything I'm saying right now with Kayvon Thibodeau has really good coaches. Drew Wilkins has coached a lot of great players, including Terrell Suggs in this league, right? So let's, this is not a matter of, well, he ain't getting coached right or they're not. They've seen this. You know, and the Baltimore Ravens have had some great defenses over the years. And Drew Wilkins has been a part of that. So this is not an indictment on coaching. It's not even an indictment 
on Kayvon Thibodeau, it's a it's a teachable moment because at this at this level, you've got to play with your pads and your eyes low. His pad level was high, and you know he he kind of braced for it, but the the uh, blocker went down below him. Right, that's not the blocker's fault. That's just how it's played. Right, that's a that's a plus for um, uh, for Chad Moss. And it's a teachable moment for Kayvon Thibodeau. You got to get your pad level down, number one. Number two, when the guy's coming to block you, that's the most important guy that you've got to deal with. And if you look at this, and, and I haven't talked to Coach Wilkins or Kayvon, but I'm pretty damn good at understanding how those things work. Mm-hmm. And I look at Thibodeau, and I could, his pad level was down, and he was looking at the running back. You've got to deal with the most immediate threat, and that's the guy coming to block you. Now, uh, as for my um, defensive colleagues in the press and all of those who are so outraged over this type of block, please understand there are remedies for this. There are remedies for this block. Um, what would you, be your remedy, Mr. Well, Dr. There, Banks? There are a few. There's a there, well. Fundamentally, I can teach this in five minutes, in which I'm sure Coach Wilkins will do the same when they get and see the tape. It's number one about pad level. If you just want to contain the play and don't want to be involved in it, you just get your pad level low. You keep make sure the ball stays inside. It's an inside pad, outside arm free. That's the basics of it, right? But I see football differently. You want to send a message, though, Carl. You want to put yes. something on tape here. Yes. I see football differently. I was coached football differently. I played it differently. That's why, and I never brag, right? But that's why I was as good as I was against the run. Because all decade are, team of the 80s. There are remedies. Acho, um, there are remedies for this, right? Marcus Spears, there are remedies. You know what it's called? You know, those rules say that you can't cut a lineman outside of the tackle box. Well, hell, if you got a guy pulling and you inside the tackle box, then why don't you cut the cutter? And this is what it does. And not, not, number one, it's, this is the most extreme of it. But you'll find out if that player who they're sending to cut you is about that life. Because if you cut him, and you make it as violent as he made it against you with mean intentions, my guess, he won't report for duty the next time they call that play, right? And the offensive coaches will be like, you know what? We can't call this because we're going to lose our guy. That's the most extreme of it, right? You go down there and you blow that fucker up. Just blow it up. Put that on tape. Thibodeau will never have to worry about seeing that play for the rest of the season. The rest, because nobody would want to run it against him, because they don't want they they're not there for that. If you're if you're a tight end, you want to catch footballs, you want to be an inline blocker. But once they put you in uh, uh, some six inch uh, Jimmy Choo's and you tiptoeing around because you don't want to get yourself cut, you just won the battle. But it's within the rules. So while y'all complaining about them changing the rules, use the rules that are existing to your advantage. That tackle box, you can remedy that play. 
one time you see it tackle block down you see it go down the line of scrimmage blow this guy up low not high low you take him out low guess what happens he goes to the sideline coach i ain't running this no more or if the coach calls it he gonna like i say he gonna put on a pair of of, of, of jimmy shoe jimmy shoes and he's gonna tiptoe around he's just gonna give it the old you know what i tried yeah 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 i got a piece of him but yeah. he's not going in there with the same yeah, bad but the intention. one thing he's going to do, he's going to make sure that you don't take him out, right? So that's your most extreme remedy, Marcus and Emmanuel. Like, those rules are in place for you, too. You can't If he's outside the tackle box, you can't cut him. But if, he, if he's in tackle to tackle, you it's free game, baby. He wants you, you want him. That's how you play this, right? You don't become the defensive guy you become the aggressive defender and that's how you play defense like there are rules in place and you looking at them as all they they're penalizing no they're not penalizing you they're giving you a chance to even the score if you look at it that way right but if you look at it as a defender who the rules are against me you're never gonna have success against this play so you look at that tackle to tackle Free game. Remedy that play. You're done. He's done. They don't run it anymore. Because that guy's probably laying on the ground now saying, damn, he hit my knees. Right? Fair game. I was supposed to get him low. He got me even lower. He got me. He saw it coming, and he got me. He blew up the play. Right? If it's you what go you put the... on tape. It's what yeah. you put on tape, Carl. I mean, you that hear the discourages coaches. everybody. You hear coaches talk about it all the time, you know, what you put on tape and then everybody's seeing it, everybody's studying it as they prepare for you. And you don't want to be, you don't want to have on tape passive. You want to have on tape aggressive, delivering the blow. Now, the less aggressive deterrent is that you just get your pads low. You get your pads low. You just do your job as it's designed. You want to contain inside shoulder, outside arm free, but you still don't just take the blow. You deliver the blow. If he's coming and he goes low, you go low, little forearm to the helmet, he doesn't want that either, right? He did his job, you did your job, but I guarantee you he does not want that level of contact. So um, for all you guys that are complaining, the rules are in place for the defender too. If a guy wants to cut you inside from tackle to tackle, there's nothing that says you can't do the same to him in defense of of the play, right? So just go in there and blow him up. You blow him up, nobody has to worry about it. And, you know, they're going to say that damn Thibodeau is a bad SOB because he's just just blowing stuff up, right? That's what you have to do because the next guy that they put in there is not going to want to do it because he saw it on tape. The next team is not going to want to do it because he saw it on tape. But then once you got that on tape, then you now control the situation. There are going to be times where you may not even have to take on the guy because he's afraid that you're going to blow him up. You might be able to run right by him and, and make the play. There's so many things that you can use to your advantage once you understand fundamentally how you should play a play like that. And understand that the rules favor you as much as they do the offense. So 
you know, for guy, and look, this is not a, a, a diss to Marcus Spears or to Emmanuel Acho, who played defense and guys I really like. But if you want to play it at a different level, you want to play it at a level where they have to respect what you do, then you go in there and use that rule to your advantage. And those coaches, that running backs coach, the tight ends coach, the offensive coordinator, they're going to all get on their headset and say, we're not running that no more. Can't run that no more. Unfortunate about Beavers. Um, really liked what I saw. As Brian Dable said today when he was addressed in the media, <clears throat> it's a highly physical contact sport played by elite athletes. People are going to hurt, get hurt when you play football. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate. There's a lot to like about the kid. What would be your message to him? as he's having this promising, promising camp, he's having a nice preseason, and now, boom, he's done for the year. Because you dealt with injury in your career, too. Sure. Unfortunately, I didn't have a torn ligament, well, that I knew of anyway. Right. Yeah, they didn't have the um, MRI machine back then. Right. Um, so with Darian Beavers, first, I mean, I, again, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about the surface at MetLife, and they're not wrong. I think there could be a better surface, but that injury uh, would not been any, the outcome would not have been any different in my opinion, uh, if it were grass or a different surface. Reason being is Beavers took on about 500 pounds with one leg. So he's stepping up to make the tackle and another giant defender is on the running back's back. So all that avalanche is coming on him and something had to give. Even if he were on grass, that grass was going to give, but that knee also, it was just the way it was. And that's just unfortunate um, that it happened that way. And I just encourage him to just pick up where he left off, you know, and that's something that um, he can speak to Blake Martinez about. He'll be able to talk to Saquon Barkley about it. You know, there's, you know, once you get the surgery, just, Work to be the best you can. Just never lose your instincts or your courage. So I want to go to situational football because uh, I had a chance to watch the coaches tape and our buddy Brian Baldinger on his Baldy breakdowns did something on it as well. But I wanted to watch the uh, the coaches tape at the facility. And yeah, you think about situational football. It's the end of the game. Cincinnati's out of timeouts. There's limited time on the clock. There's only a couple seconds left in the game. So they have to go quick. They have to go to the outside. They got to get out of bounds to get in range to try a long field goal in this situation. Can't use the middle of the field or anything. So Wink Martindale, he has Quincy Roche on the right side of the defense just standing along the sideline about 10 yards off the ball. And he's got Taman Fox on the left side of the defense, mm -hmm. the right side of the offense, just hanging out on the sideline. Almost looks like he's not even in the game. He's that close to the yeah. sideline. But he's eligible because he's he's checked in, whatever. It's not like he went off the field and snuck back on. And then they had three safeties and a diamond deep. So as the ball gets snapped, and there's a receiver coming out toward Roche. He never moves. He stays exactly where he needs to be in case that guy breaks to the outside and the quarterback throws it to him. 
he's going to come flying up and make sure that guy doesn't get out of bounds. He just, he never moves. Mm-hmm. Now on the other side, Tamon Fox sees that the quarterback immediately is looking his way. And it's no one even sees him. The lead blockers looking at the, the, the corner on the outside, sure. the running back has no idea. It must've looked like just a guy standing on the bench. Cause it was, I think that it was on that hash too. So sure, it made it, it even short. That was some awesome situational football defensive alignment. Well, they coasted up well, but just understanding, like you said, situations. And that's what makes uh, Wink Martindale and his staff so competent at what they do, because this is maybe, you know, a lot of people probably are saying, why did they rebuild that in the the regular season? I mean, in the preseason, not regular, save it for the regular season. But you got to coach these things up. You need to get it on tape, too. So now um, his players, they can teach from this with their players, but also the opponent. You know, this is a basic fundamental thing. We're not giving you the out. We're not letting you uh, throw an out cut and our guy is not going to keep you in bounds. So now it's going to force you to have to hit something in the middle of the field or deeper and behind that guy. So, and that eats up time. So I just thought it was the most um, beautifully executed uh, play for that situation. And I, I, I listen, I, I think the world of uh, Wink Martindale and, and I just love watching the way he coach and how the players play for him, but just little things like that tells you there's more in his bag than meets the eye. You know, and I was thinking about it as it happened and then reflecting on it after the game, and you and I were on the call. This is going back like four years ago or five years ago. I think Pat Shermer was the head coach for one of them. And maybe it was McAdoo in 17 or whatever. But if in back-to-back years, the Giants lost a game in Philadelphia and a game in Carolina on these ridiculously long field goals at the end of the game. One was a Graham Gano kick. I can't remember who the kid was on Philadelphia. He wasn't even like their regular kicker. And it was like the one thing they couldn't do was allow a pass to the sideline. And if you remember, the Eagles and the Panthers in back-to-back years did it, and the Giants lost two games and walk off like 58, 59-yard field goals. And when I saw that last night, I'm like, damn. That's now that's good. Like, I remember a guy, I think Jack Rabbit was like pointing at one guy and sure, they were all like yeah. pointing at each other. And it's like, come on, you can high school football teams know that this is the one play you can't allow the sideline well, pass. It's, but you know, in theory, it's what you can't allow, but in practice, it happens all the time. I mean, in, in practical situations, but you know, the beauty is you standing a guy up, if the sideline's standing up and a quarterback glances over there. At first glance, he doesn't see a guy standing there either. He just sees the sideline because the guy is within, you know, that whatever area to be on the field. So the quarterback's probably thinking, oh, we got this one. And boom, it gets blown up. I thought it was just a great, uh, a great play. And, you know, there's a uh, video that's posted of Fox's mother uh, just out of her mind screaming like that's my boy that's my boy it's great if you guys get a chance to see it um yeah, it's on, on the giant media. social media yeah yeah it is just so incredible um 
I want to get to a couple other things, just some takeaways from the game. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information. From live in-game betting, props, and futures, head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Bob, can oh. we start with the offensive line? Yeah, let, what, listen, so much wherever fun, you want to start. But I have a I have a prediction. Um, and I, I can't pronounce his name, so you're going to have to help me out. The kid from Nigeria. William Bedeka. Mbedeka. I'm going to make a prediction that this kid is going to be a really good pro. Not by anything that you would see on tape. He got pushed around. He got, you know, he he got tricked a few times. But this kid loves playing football. He's got long arms. And he never deviated from his technique. Like, it wasn't good. But you could tell he was constantly with his feet and his hands. Ended up the game with a couple pancakes. You know, he pancaked the guy. But he got bull rush one time. He gets up. It's a timeout. He's dancing in the huddle. And he's just, this is a guy I, I believe, I sincerely believe, is going to be a good pro tackle. He's going to continue to develop because he's not overwhelmed. Even when he was getting beat in the game, he just got up and competed the next time. And he's got those long arms, he, extremely long arms. But you could just tell he's working his technique. He's like, yep, I'm new to this but I'm going to keep taking shots. I'm going to keep putting up putting up shots until these things start to go down. And you could see uh, during the course of the game, he had his share of victories. He didn't have a lot of them, but you could tell he was he was building on it, right? So that's so encouraging, and I, and I just love watching Mbedeka um, play out there uh, yesterday. It was just it was just fun to watch. Now, the line overall. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Devery Hamilton. Coach talked about him in our production meeting on Friday. And, you know, on the Giants' touchdown run by Corbin, he Hamilton came from that left tackle spot, washed everybody away. Myrick, the tight end on that side, sealed his block. And I thought Devery Hamilton had a really nice game and making a case for a spot on the 53. And I think, you know, depending – on health and everything else with Lemieux and Bredesen or whatever, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, Max Garcia earns himself some playing time at that left guard spot. He was, he did a heck of a job last night. He did. And you know, what's so um, encouraging and refreshing is that these guys are actually developing as backup. So the fact that they had, you know, three starters out, a swing guy out and his backup out, gave them a chance to really look and evaluate uh, some of these backup guys. And, you know, we've seen the Giants, when it goes when it goes bad, they got nothing. These guys are developing the back end of the roster. Um, and the other thing that I found very encouraging is that this, this group as a whole, when you look at how Daniel Jones played, right, they held up 
really well. Like he had clean pockets, regardless of whether or not he was going against second team guys or not. Fundamentally, these guys didn't turn people loose. And I thought that was also a, a really good sign. Now, uh, Evan Neal's out there. Um, he's getting his reps. But for the majority, most of these guys were backups. And just executing the fundamentals and the techniques that they're being coached. All right. So I want to go to special teams because it hasn't been very good in preseason. And listen, Graham Gano is a Pro Bowl caliber kicker. And I admire the competitiveness and everything else about Graham Gano as a player. But, man, it's a damn preseason game. He's chasing that guy, Evans, on the kickoff return. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching him run, and I'm saying to myself, God, I hope he doesn't pull a hamstring, strain a groin, have a calf injury. Now, he winds up getting knocked out of the game because he got kicked in the helmet, diving to try to make the tackle. So he's in the concussion protocol. But I'm saying to myself, Graham, it's preseason. It doesn't go on your record as a kickoff return against you. I know you got pride as a pro and you're a great player. Let the guy go. Just let the guy go. Yes let him and go no. and don't put yes yourself and at no. risk. I, I, I agree. I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, but I'm sure I know why he put it on tape is because he wants to show a willingness to to actually be involved in his responsibility on those types of plays. If he's the last line of defense, it's just kind of uh, deter the guy a little bit. But on that very same play, Cam Brown. <laughs> yeah. Camera, six foot five, 200 and whatever he is, walked him down and saved a touchdown and actually saved points for that drive. Yeah, because they held him to a field goal. Yeah. And Cam Brown will be a Pro Bowl special teamer this year. He is just good. Um, but that was, you know, two efforts. One ended up with the kicker getting hit in the head, kicked in the head. But just the effort by Cam Brown, like the rest of the special teams should take note of that because he yeah. just really showed and, out on that one. And before people get bent out of shape, because I had a little time to visit with Thomas McGahee today, the special teams coordinator. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with them trying to cultivate this roster and with so many starters or frontline backups, you know, out of the game and they're just mixing and matching. He goes, look, we're not, we're not scheming anything. Right. We're not running anything. He goes, we got new guys on the roster. We got new guys in our program. I, I really, we just want to see if these guys are willing to yeah. run down there and go make a play. Right. Um, cause I know you listen, you and I have talked about it and coach Dable talked about it, you know, at halftime with Bruce Beck, you know, when he does the interview you know, and he's mentioned it after the game, special teams has to get better. Obviously it has to get better. Sure. Um, but before people start sounding the alarm, because the last two years, the giants have had like one of the top three or four kickoff return coverage teams in the NFL. They've been really good. And it's not like McGahee has lost his magic touch. It's more of a fact of just understand that they're asking a bunch of young guys and they're trying to find out who's willing mm -hmm. and who's not willing because that's going to be a determination of 
when you get to the roster positions, whether guys are going to get a spot on the roster or not. So I wouldn't overreact to it too much. No. And he didn't all of a sudden get bad at coaching. Um, this is part of the evaluation process of guys who are not going to be uh, considered as position first guys to make the team, but special teams and position backups. But there's one guy who has kind of made his case for both, but he's got theme music, Bob. Can I just play this for you before yeah. we get into him? Yeah. Is that Bachman Turner Overdrive? Are you referring Boom. to Alex Bachman? Alex Bachman. He was uh, he was working overtime. I'll he tell you was, that. Hey, look, taking care of business, man. Like he has made a case both on specials and on regular reps because he was he was on fire. Um. During the course of the game, he made special teams plays, but he had some 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 day. He had a, had a great day. Uh, Davis Webb was was feeling it. He was slinging it all over the field. And I think, listen, um, you know, CJ Board, who's been a returner, he had the rib injury, had the fumble. Um, I think, look. We're a little bit of a ways away from final roster construction. But I kind of feel like whichever one of these guys, these one or two guys, excels on special teams. Richie James is an outstanding return guy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the Giants definitely could use some help in the return game as far as creating field position. Because as you and I mentioned during the broadcast, when we get to the regular season, because of where this team lacks in certain areas on both sides of the ball. Special teams has to be stalemate and win each week. Special teams cannot be stalemate and lose in return game uh, coverage or anything else. They're not good enough. Right. They have They're to not, be part. They have to be an advantage for this team. Correct. That Whether it's the punting game, the kicking game, the return game. Field position because, is everything. Exactly. They don't they don't have all the talent right now on this team where they can give up short fields and they can give up the score and then just come back down and score like, sure. you know, Patrick Mahomes is, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I got to think that when they're when they're, when they're thinking about their roster, they're probably going to have to keep if these guys prove to be good core special teams guys, they may have to keep an extra receiver because. With Kadarius Tony not playing and not heavily involved in practice. Anything. Yeah, you know, some individual drills and stuff like that. But, you know, really, I think don't you have to keep an extra receiver if they're if they're gonna be part well, of your core special teams? Let me just venture into this territory. Alex Bachman may not be that extra guy. He may be a roster guy. Because Darius Slayton is not putting a lot on tape right now, game-wise. And he's got to, he, you know, the preseason's over with pretty much now for guys that they, they, they know about. But a performance like 
Alex Bachman's last night. We already know he can play special teams, but the level of execution that he had in his performance in game, that's that's got a few guys' eyes open. Um, knows Cole Beasley, talked to Cole Beasley about Dayball's system. So there's some familiarity. And now I'm going to tell you this. If you can execute within this offense and there's a familiarity with it, oh, I, I can assure you Brian Dable's going to like you a lot. Mm-hmm. Because if one of his frontline guys goes down, hey, get Bachman in there. He knows exactly what to do. And he'll catch the football. He'll run good routes. He'll be where he's supposed to be. Or there may be a package for him. You know, this is an offensive-centric team like we fall in love with everything we've seen from the run game and i'm sure they're going to use it but that ratio ain't going to be 50 50 it's going to lean heavily more towards pass than run and you know having a guy like that who can be a rotational player who can actually be he was basically feature he was a feature guy for davis webb and he came through so if you're a guy like darius slayton you're probably saying to yourself I, I got to figure this out. I get my act in order because this guy ain't, he ain't stopping, you know? So this, this is a big week. Now this is my final like little point here. This is a big week and I'll tell you why you got the last preseason game at the jets, but you got the joint one day of joint practice with the jets on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So for these guys, that are still question marks about this practice on Thursday might as well be a game. Like if Slayton's in, if he's back and he's healthy enough to practice and he's in there and the ball's getting, he he can't drop it. Yeah. Because what, what you're going to see in this last preseason game, the guys who have come from the back end of the roster that they feel have done enough to solidify a roster spot. Well, guess what? They're probably not going to play that much in the preseason right. game. And right. guys that they're hoping to sneak onto the practice squad probably aren't going to play much in the preseason in that preseason game. Guys that are probably going to get cut, especially young guys where you don't have to worry about a veteran injury settlement. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys are going to get rolled out there, and that's their opportunity to go make another team. Yeah. And and then there's some guys that are veteran guys that, you know either are going to be trade bait or they're going to just want to make sure they don't have to pay them an injury settlement. Yeah. So I, it's, it's Thursday, now, is, Thursday is it. And I'm going to give you one more of uh, Alec Bachman's theme song. Baby, ain't seen nothing yet. But as we say, you can't be a one hit wonder. You got to stack them. Stack each practice, stack each opportunity. That's I love it, win. Carl. All right, you got anything else? Hey. Any closers? Well, that's a good way to close. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. That's this edition of Believe in Giants.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.